Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to another segment of the PI Window on the World. As always, I'm your host, John Hansen. And today, it's the third and final installment in our three-part series uh, regarding the upcoming Procurious Big Ideas Summit. And as you know, yesterday I was joined by Jack Shaw, who is executive director, is executive director for the Blockchain Council of America. Today's segment is going to be equally interesting and compelling because I'm joined by IBM Vice President of Global Procurement, Graham Wright. He's going to be talking a little bit about the onslaught of shocks, and I, I really want to delve into that a little bit more because it seems that we are entering an unprecedented time of change in, in our profession. Now, before I get to Graham, just a couple of housekeeping tips or chores to look after. Number one, if you're joining us now, that is great. I'm always glad to have you. However, if your schedule is not conducive to tuning in right now at this moment, that's not a problem because the entire broadcast is being recorded and will be made available on an on-demand basis. And what that means is we will be adapting to your, your schedule rather than you adapting to ours. Just another great, great feature of internet radio, in particular, blog talk radio. So without further delay, let me welcome to the show uh, IBM Vice President of Global Procurement, Graham Wright. Graham, how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you very much, John. Pleasure to be here. Well, you know, and we chatted very briefly in the, in the virtual green room, as I like to call it, with regards to one of, the, one of the statements that came out relative to your presentation in, it's on September 28th in Chicago at the Big Ideas Summit, is you're talking about the fact is that we have to look for ways to respond to the onslaught of shocks or an onslaught of shocks. Now that's an attention grabber and I, I suppose that's uh, uh, done with intent. But when you talk about the, the onslaught of shocks and what we have to prepare for in the new norm as you call it, what does that entail, Graham? For, from my perspective, almost every element of the procurement profession that we have, both facing internally and also externally in support of our organizations is, is facing some level of unparalleled change when you when you consider the implications of cloud is under underpinned by mobile social security etc then all elements of the cloud are driving change whether in the applications we use different business models that we are trying to approach as organizations and the same for our supply base which are facing those as well and bringing new innovative ways to the fore so cloud is driving some massive reinvention and also generating um, speed which is also something that's dear to our hearts in not only developing that competitive advantage, but being the first to find it as well. The, the second being data as the world's sort of natural resource or the next natural resource. From that perspective, our ability to decouple applications and processes, reimagine processes end-to-end -end from a component business modeling perspective, and when you think about that from within side of procurement, um, there are ways that we can eliminate work completely that's being done. We can take you know, analog work to, to digital, and in essence, begin to digitize the end-to-end -end perspective from a procurement point of view. And then what does that do? 
that enables us then to drive significant amounts of deeper and greater insight. And then the question, what do you do with that insight, right? Both upstream in terms of our ability to influence, downstream in terms of our ability to unlock innovation from the supply set, and also present that in a visualized way, and also then begin to scale once we have that corpus of knowledge, once we've got all of the instructed data ingested, then we can start to apply predictive um, modeling that goes into it as you progress along the maturity curve. And then ultimately, once you've considered that the, the platform is cloud, when you've considered that the solution is, is cognitive, then really how do you, from a customer set, whether it's internal or whether it is from an external perspective, how do you put an industry focus on that such that your empathy, your knowledge, and your insight in the way that you're trying to drive influence is manifestly greater? So when you couple all of those areas together, maybe the word shock is in, insightful, but it is a, a shock to the system. And you have to run fast and you have to run the, have the talent to support that speed of, as, as well. Right? And then you start to figure out the new world in which we're going to operate from a procurement point of view. Okay, but you know, a couple of questions immediately came to mind, and, or thoughts, when I was listening to you speak about these evolutions. When you talk about the cloud, I couldn't help but be reminded of, of uh, Oracle's Ellison saying a few years ago that there's no such thing as a cloud, and we can touch on that. But when you talked about uh, the, the decoupling, and you talked about the, the, the modularity, I, I also thought about the fact, in, in fact, two uh, areas in, in particular, Gartner's proclamation that we are now in the postmodern ERP era, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with their paper and writing in that regard, and then uh, the internet of things, uh, humans, because I remember reading an article where they're saying, is, as we become more proficient leveraging technology, will free people up to focus on uh, the, 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 the ability to do those things that they're best suited for. In other words, humans' times can be better used doing strategic thinking rather than, than functional execution was the suggestion of this paper. So let's go into all three things. Uh, and this may be a, be, be a rhetorical question, uh, but uh, Ellison's uh, original quote aside, the cloud is real, isn't it? Right? <laughs> Yes, it is. And there was uh, an alliance struck between SAP Ariba and IBM in the middle of this year that was that was announced in the partnering that we're doing as they also migrate their clients to the cloud the way they are seeking to partner with IBM to ingest a level of, of cognition and advanced analytics into that relationship as well as subsequently build out and help them build out applications on, on top that further integrates across the board and all with a view of digitizing the procurement process as best as you can. And as a result of doing that, then you start to drive the insights into the, both the structured and unstructured data in unparalleled ways of which that we can bring to market and into the clients. And then I think it's beyond what you described into what do you then do with that information? How can you take further extractive advantage from it? Okay, so 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 let me let me delve into this a little bit. Uh, Aaron Levy, uh, famous tweet of his saying, "Uber," and I'll quote: "Uber is a three point five billion dollar lesson in building for how the world should work, instead of optimizing for how the world does work." 
And I found that to be very, very interesting. So it would lead me to think, and, and again, going the postmodern ERP era, where there was uh, certainly an, uh, the, the force complies. Well, number one, one of the biggest challenges historically is that procurement professionals were rarely, if ever, consulted on the uh, e-procurement platforms that ultimately they were required to utilize. When they did get those uh, access to those platforms, uh, the challenge that became then is, is getting in a long line with a list of, we would like to have this. One, one senior exec from the procurement world, uh, an uh, FP500 company, said, I felt like Oliver Twist going up every time when I wanted to get something. And, and so now we've transitioned from the way it, of optimizing the way it should work, let's say in an equation-based model, now based upon what you're talking about, we're now looking at the way the world should work. And, and, and is that the key difference? I mean, is that what you're, you're, you're sort of alluding to here? Yes, I am. And, and I think sometimes you can be constrained within your own mind as to what the legacy process is and automating legacy as such is a, is a stage in that journey. But equally, at the same time, with the advantageous ability of digitizing a process and then considering what digital means, then you do have the opportunity to reinvent processes as well. And you mentioned Internet of Things. I would indicate blockchain as well being a rapidly advancing um, opportunity within both the procurement process, finance process, et cetera, to reimagine the way the work is done. And I think the comment at the start was not so much the shocks themselves, but the rate and pace with which they can come along and your ability to get your arms around how and where they apply and to what advantage is, is clearly something that needs to be taken into account. And we shouldn't well, allow now this our, is our, an, um, sorry to interrupt, go ahead. Uh, you're talking about blockchain. I didn't want to lose that train of thought because, again, we had Jack Shaw on the show uh, yesterday, and I had referred to uh, the uh, a poll that we had done a year ago, November, actually, not quite a year ago, where we asked the question to procurement professionals, um, do, uh, do you know what blockchain is and do you understand the impact it will have on business and, and more specifically on your job? Only 5%, little more than 5% said that they knew what blockchain was and understood its impact. I mean, in the face of this, and you're talking about shock and awe, and I'm using blockchain as an advantage, how ill-prepared are we? Because we're talking about the new norm. How ill-prepared are we for those, this onslaught? I think from sort of our perspective, we have been piloting, considering, and you know, discussing use cases as to where the technology could be applied, where best to be applied, and over what time frame. And we had been looking at it in regards to um, management of, of contractor activities and the life cycle of. We've been looking at it from a supply chain perspective. Um, and again, from within side of, of IBM, beyond my remit as well, is obviously industry approaches um, in regards to that technology as well. And I think, again, getting back to it is you need to be prepared because, again, you can't react at the last minute when somebody has been maybe taking X months advantage um, in terms of understanding where it can be deployed such that you can sustain and retain that competitive advantage moving forward and even frame the narrative because as we're discussing these point part um, technologies when you consider their breadth and scale what I'm, I'm portraying is the ability then to integrate both your supplier set who is changing and facing these challenges and how do you get deeper into them and then also as you want to go further upstream in the organization and deeper into into them as well in terms of influence and your data insights then it's not just a procurement discussion this is an end-to-end -end discussion as well. 
Well, you see now, this, uh, but but still staying in that and, and understand what you're saying and, and at the risk of misquoting Deming, where he said you can't manage what you can't measure. I mean, if we're at the stage here where we're talking about these changes that are happening, yet the, the, the procurement professional, generally speaking, I'll use blockchain as an example. Please, if you have another reference uh, that you can say where we're more further progressed in our awareness and understanding. But if only 5% of, 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 of those polled say we know what blockchain is and the rest don't, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to affect change, isn't it? I mean, you've got to go through, you've got to first go through an education cycle. Well, create awareness and an education cycle before you can actually deal with it. Am, am I missing something? No, I, I, I agree with your perspective there. My only point is it's happening faster than maybe you think. Okay. Okay, now let me ask you this. What are those factors? Because this is a question I ask all the time. Uh, because, you know, with the introduction of millennials, it may not be a generational thing, uh, but with the, the introduction of millennials into the profession, who, uh, generally speaking, are more comfortable, more confident. I mean, I remember doing an interview with a senior executive who was head of an Indian company uh, over in India, and he was saying that, uh, you know, they, the vast majority of people under, or under 35 have never heard of a notebook or a laptop or a PC because they're all using mobile mobile devices. And so with the millennial generation coming in, they're tech savvy, they're comfort comfortable, they're confident. I mean, how much of a factor is that in, in, in the acceleration to which you're referring? Or what are the factors that lead you to say that they're progressing much faster than, uh, than uh, we, we anticipate or expect? I think that is a, a, a factor to degree, and, and I think the blending and um, cross-fertilization of, of all areas of the organization helps, um, particularly when you are deploying working elements such as Agile, for example, inside of, of IBM. Then the, the co-located distributed teams, um, self-directed as such, is a, is a very important part of that and the management of how work is getting done. And at the same token, the more you can enableize that through some of the technology base there, so much the better from that perspective. You know, speed, client centricity, empathy, um, you know, clear visualization of the deliverables you've got are all part of that journey. And as a result, I think it's tremendously important in there. But I, I also think at the same time, as you mentioned Uber earlier, and it came upon you know, very, very quick in that way and got adopted very, very quick as well. And some of these emerging technologies, as they are being deployed into processes, will get scaled very, very quickly from that perspective. Um, and we see it from that area. And I think you know, we all have our own journeys, and, and IBM continues in its journey from a procurement transformation point of view under our leadership. And we are trying to increasingly take the good that we had and expand on that and improve into this world, and particularly the taking advantage of how information is being digitized and how we can apply advanced analytics and cognition to that to drive insights. And you can see the, the, the promise and you can see the power and you just need to focus and get there as quickly as you, as you can and faster than others you know to sustain that competitive advantage and I, and I think that is a big driving force you can see that there is change about in almost every area now you mentioned something about i and and, and, and i just want to be clear because i don't want to mistake this or, or but uh within ibm itself you're an organization obviously you're experiencing the same impacts and the same effects as everyone else is is the ibm experience to which you're referring and you're within your own internal organization is that giving you the model or the framework upon which you will be able to help other organizations follow a similar path in other words ibm is there is, is ibm a trailblazer based on their own requirements and from that experience 
you can then provide that to to those you you seek to serve, those clients you want to help to to get to the same stage. In the application of advanced analytics and cognition, um, I, yes, I believe we are a trailblazer in the procurement and in our continued transformation. And also, as we have an IBM procurement services offering as, as part of our cognitive process services um, line with inside of IBM Global Business Services, we have obviously a point of view from many clients as well around the world. So we have both an internal perspective and also the point of view in the way that we interact and support and continue to transform our external clients as well. So that gives us a broad point of view in terms of where you should start, the journey maps, um, our perspective on maturity, where we think the first pain point should be addressed based on that um, dynamic and also where the dollars um, are best to come out from that given our proven experience. So we do have that um, ability to use ourselves internally to build and understand and then to commercialize into the external world as well. Okay, so in other words, the, the best way to say it is, is if you can do it for yourself, you can do it for others. And if you can't do it for yourself, well, it's going to be hard to do it for others. But because IBM can do it for themselves, that's, that's really a competitive advantage. I, I, I mean, is that a fair statement Correct. or am I and out of left field? That is, no, that is fair. And, and obviously, at the end of the day, it needs to be relevant for the client in their industry and, and their world. And that's where you make that bridge as well. So, yes. All right. So now let me ask this because you talk about this and, uh, you know, uh, you, and you're going to be speaking uh, at, at the September 28th uh, Big Idea Summit. Or others. You're, you're going to mention about uh, uh, best practice approach and the way to transform the procurement function. Now, I, one of the things that came to mind when I read that is that in terms of being and, and I alluded to this at the beginning, being aware and prepared for something and taking meaningful action are two different things. And let me give you an example. Um, a, a report came out saying that 80 percent of companies will screen their employees, but only 20 percent will actually screen their suppliers. And we know how much of a risk that suppliers been. I mean, I'm going back to 2007, let's say in an Aberdeen study where the majority of, 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 of CPOs uh, who, uh, and executives who said, look, we know there's supply chain risk. And then when they're asked the question, uh, how many of you feel you're taking the adequate measures to address that risk? The vast majority of them in that Aberdeen study, and it's going back again, 10 years, um, said that we don't believe we are taking the appropriate action to address that. And based upon this recent report of the 8020, uh, how do you move that kind of inertia? Well, first of all, why do those obstacles exist? If you know there's a problem, Yet, and I'll use supplier uh, risk uh, and supply chain risk as an example. If you know there's a problem, yet there's an acknowledgement that we're not doing enough, what is that obstacle? And how do you overcome that in relation to that, but in relation to some of these other elements that are being introduced and these, these, these other transformative variables that we now find ourselves having to deal with? Yes, thank you. The opportunity on that one. And when we look back, we still see some challenges in, in compliance. We still see some challenges in spend under management. We still see some challenges in regards to the right relevant skills for the future in place today and the ROI of the organization when we, when we look around from that perspective. And also, as you rightly indicated there, elements that go to brand protection as well, such as uh, onboarding, by way of example, or risk. And the way that we have seen some of the evolutions that are, are coming through now um, is we can certainly look at ways of addressing it first. And we start to get back into the concept there of the unstructured data and where you can go after it from that, that perspective. And we tend to get to that base of do you understand the data that underpins the organization first 
and go after those areas where you're looking at a level of process automation, you're looking at the digitization and automation of those transactions, elements of the supplier network and who they are and contract management, et cetera, initially up front to get your arms around that. And then once you've got that, that digitized data set as such, then you can start to apply the levels of, of cognition on top, whether that is around risk, as you rightly indicated, and there are um, elements there can ingest external data, your internal data, weather data, et cetera, et cetera, right, to generate um, profiles. And we have applied a level of cognition in some of our risk offerings today from a procurement perspective. Um, you can then start getting into, as I mentioned, cognitive insights and using that basis for demand forecasting, sourcing intelligence and cost modeling, et cetera. So all of those areas will give you more and more insight as to where the opportunities are to go and address. And obviously, at the end of the day, as a result of all of those, you are ultimately going to improve the buying experience as well. Um, and you'll also be able to continue to get greater information and depth downstream, second, third tier supply sets as well to help you in that, that basis. So I, I think getting back to your question, there are ways to automate and eliminate and um, enhance the workflow that can take some of the challenges of more manual tasks to try and address some of the concerns you raised into account and make it more streamless and make it more integrated from an organizational perspective. So the real issue, and again, we'll use supply chain risk, but it could be applicable in any other area, isn't that there wasn't an awareness of the problem or an acknowledgement that something needed to be done, but the capability that exists today did not exist previously. And as such, those uh, those were the inherent obstacles to that. I, I mean, is that did I get did I understand yes, correctly? And, and, and also having an advancing and also having advancing platform and capabilities to try and address it in a different way, as we've been sort of talking from the start, right? And trying to reimagine how that work can be done. All right. So this and, and you know, I'm going to ask the obvious questions because we touched on blockchain, supplier risk, etc. Uh, and before I get into this next question, I want to ask you, what do you think are the three biggest challenges or changes? Depends how you want to frame it, uh, Graham. Uh, what do you think are the three biggest challenges or changes we're going to face in the procurement world? Um, we, we have three pillars that we tend to um, articulate around um, when we're talking to our clients and ourselves internally from a purely procurement perspective. And the first is digitizing the processes. And that's really you know, transforming from analog to digital for a seamless, responsive procurement organization. That, that's clearly one of the biggest challenges that's around and how you go about that and the priority. The, the second is to drive the insights from that data and what does that mean from basic visualization through to predictive um, capabilities and that's really enriching the data for analytics and cognitive insights and to make more informed decisions as a result of that as well so really driving insights would be the second pillar and the third would be the amplification of talent and that's really the ability as a built on those other two is to elevate the procurement capabilities and intelligence you know, into that extraordinary area right? and really arming the teams both from a, a, a talent and amplifying that talent with the digitized capabilities and the data it provides through the insights that you can then give for better decision making, enabling them to drive significantly more influence both upstream and downstream. All right, so here's an interesting question, and let's go to that third one, application of talent. Understand, I, thought, I think it's a great term. Are the curriculums offered through uh, educational systems, let's say the traditional associations like an ISM, an IACCM, et cetera, uh, or through uh, secondary education, are they 
have they progressed enough and advanced enough to provide this kind of amplification to which you're talking about? I mean, are, are, are the knowledge givers uh, caught up to speed? Are they ahead of the curve? Because you, 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 you can't teach what you don't understand or, or are able to comprehend. And, and you certainly don't want to learn to swim with someone who's just learning to swim themselves. I mean, where are we in amplifying that? From an IBM procurement perspective, we, we ingest um, content from an education point of view in a number of areas to try and keep our programs relevant, both in, in making sure our, our job role skill sets are um, relevant for the, for the future as well. So we're investing in education and talent in the right areas, um, also in terms of the content to enable that as well, and also looking at emerging areas of, of talent that's required, as I mentioned, the knowledge of, of Agile and how to deploy and how to make that real in the organization is a, is a key skill for us moving forward. Um, and you know we have to upskill the organization in that regards. At the same time, some of the softer skills in consultative influence right that's required moving forward you know and equally a good part of amplifying the talent as well and making sure that folks not only have the information but also the ability to interact and drive the agenda and influence internally as well so we pull from a variety of areas and constantly look at our talent programs and how to keep them fresh and forward-looking um, in, in that regards to make sure that we are doing the right things well, yeah, that's great within IBM, but what about outside of IBM? And going back to the original question, because we, we, we have associations that have been out there for a very, very long time and organizations and educational curriculums through, through, through universities, et cetera, with these, these, as we'll call them, onslaught of shots outside of IBM, are they able to keep up? With educate because I mean let's face it if, if, if not everyone is is dealing with IBM at, at this particular point although I'm sure that would be great if in the world it worked that way but if you're at this level of understanding and knowledge does that not create a, a, a disparity gap uh, if other organizations in general curriculum and and the pro profession as a whole is not keeping play, pace in terms of that amplification do do you know what I'm saying yes I, I uh, Yes, I wouldn't give comment on them individually. From a, from a collective perspective, we do see advances in a number of areas, and we also pull from a variety of areas and work with a whole variety of areas. As you can imagine, we are networked very extensively across the, across the globe with a lot of partners in those areas. And as I mentioned, we, we ingest the best where we, where we need to, um, co-develop and self-develop where we need to as well. So we, we focus on the internal there and keeping ourselves relevant. But yes, we do see um, through a lot of the chats in the associations, etc., in a discussion around these topics for sure okay now and we only have about three minutes left so very quickly i want to talk about this thing about best practices because i'm sure you'll appreciate like win-win the term win-win in negotiations and best practices they, they almost become ubiquitously useless because you know they, they become diluted over time uh where they lose a certain degree of their meaning but when you look at from a best practices standpoint for organizations to prepare themselves to respond and adapt to the, 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 the shock to which you're referring, what do they have to do? Like, how do, you, how do you achieve or get to that best practice relative to these elements that you're discussing or we're discussing today? 
Now, from from our, our perspective, we, we we certainly have uh, and are developing and continuing to develop, you know, a, a view of the journey map, right? From a point of view of where are we on the sort of digital maturity curve today, from purely from a procurement perspective, I'm talking here, um, as to you know how aware are you of what's going on, or where are you developing, um, you know, within the organisation, where are you practicing that within the organisation today, where are you getting to the point of truly optimising and then to a point of leading. So I would come back to the point I said at the start in terms of the foundation is the data, the process automation, the transformation, etc. that's done, um, enabling your content, getting the catalogs, etc. right, um, understanding your network and your contract management as well, all of the base sort of foundational foundational levels from that point of view. And what it would take to get there from an industry perspective and also a time perspective. And then at each stage of those journey, what level of advanced analytics, what level of cognition could be ingested and how could it be used? And it does make um, a lot of sense from our point of view to go on a journey versus trying to solve a lot of things at the same time in that regards, because a lot of it does get underpinned from the from the data and obviously behind the data, the cloud underpinned by you know mobile social security, et cetera. So from that point of view, I think it needs to be start. Um, it's not a, a silver bullet there and you need to take an analysis, a myopic analysis against all areas of the process there and figure out what the journey is to be. And then ultimately, um, from from us, you, you'll then get into, as I mentioned before, various stages of enabling you to see how you can automate and eliminate transactions, how you can start to you know, evolve empowering marketplaces for collaborative self-serve marketplaces, where you can get into then predicting demand and you know having effective outcomes from that better you know, designing better results with your supplier partnerships based on your expertise, right? And, and obviously, at the end of the day, having a high-value contribution there, removing, you know, inefficient analog processes through the automation. So I, I do think you are able to work with um, an IBM to, to look at that and see how you go forward from that perspective. So in other words, uh, let's let's call it a Six Sigma, a new Six Sigma for a brave new world. Uh, Graham Wright, I want to thank you for taking the time of your busy day to join us. And I want to remind everybody that Graham will be uh, speaking at the Procurious Big Ideas Summit on September 28th in Chicago. Again, Graham, thank you for your time today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And to you, of course, listening audience, thank you for your time today. Uh, that is, of course, your most valuable asset. I want to remind you again that this entire broadcast has been recorded and will be made available to you. I can talk, yes. Will be made available to you on an on-demand basis at your convenience. So be sure to share the link far and wide. Also, I want to remind you that if you have any comments regarding this show or any anything dealing with dealing with procurement, uh, to use our hashtag. PI Open Talk. That's a capital P, capital I, capital O, E N, capital T, uh, A L K Open Talk. And that's what I, I it, it, consider that a venting hashtag. So if you have comments, ideas, thoughts on this show or any anything dealing with procurement, be sure to use that. And uh, again, I'd like to thank you for joining us and wish you a good rest of the day and rest of the week. Bye for now. <laughs>